0: Welcome to Her Dark Materials. I'm Faye. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is usually a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels, a chapter at a time, spoiler free. But in these special bonus episodes, we'll be talking about the new BBC and HBO TV adaptation of the books. This episode is on the season finale, Betrayal. Be warned that there will be spoilers in these episodes for Northern Lights and the other books in the series. So if you haven't read the books yet... Come back and join us when you're all caught up or listen to the book episodes. Hello. Hello. This is a very special episode recorded at my parents' house, oh so nice. the sound might be a little bit different, yeah. and you might get some bonus content of hearing my mum wrap presents in the next room every time she pulls the sellotape. I mean, it's all good. It re- will remind us on when this comes out on January 3rd of the festive period. It will. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the minute, we're recording this before Christmas. Two days before Christmas. Yeah. Um. So we're still in, in a Christmas mood. I hope I'm not too bummed out in, in January. I usually hate January. Yeah. Um, so when this comes out, hopefully I'm still in a fairly good mood. Although I will have been back at work for like two days. So. But anyway, let's not think about that. <laughs> yes, work doesn't exist. It's yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year 2020. No. What's it like? Who knows? We're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just roll on, get right into it. Yeah, let's do it. It was. I watched it in like my bedroom at my parents' house, so I watched it on quite a small TV, and the lights were like shining on the screen. And do you know when you just feel like you're not in it? Yeah. Like I enjoyed the episode, um, but my I was just saying to Rich and and her mum that. Uh, my mum and dad kind of just thought that I'd fallen out with them because I'd been with them like the whole time i have been home and then I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to go upstairs and like do some stuff because they were watching something else on the TV downstairs. I kept to up on the door being like, are you okay? Have you like fallen out with those? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm just watching something. And they came in like right at the bit with Roger and I was like, Stop dad was now. like are, you, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, yeah, dad, just five, uh, six minute. I'm not angry, I'm not upset. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it with mum and dad with, like, all the lights off and the Christmas tree on. So I had, like, polar opposite, very festive viewing. That's good. That's it was good. nice. So um, they've been watching as the season's gone on. My mum's read the books, but my dad hasn't. Mm-hmm. I had some excellent classic dad moments of him trying to guess what's going to happen and me having to be really careful not to spoil anything for him. <laughs> just being like, we are just going to have to wait and oh, see. <laughs> I, what do you, I suppose, what do you think of it? Seeing as it's the season finale, was it everything you hoped it would be? Um, I just want to say I was right. I predicted exactly how it was going to finish. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, it was, and it wasn't. I think there's some moments that, like, because you, when you've read the book so many times, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of moments like built up in your head. You know exactly how they go. Yeah. And some things didn't play out exactly how I thought they would, but then some stuff came out really well, and I really enjoyed it. And like, they did a good job of like amping up the tension in a lot of ways. Because like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure in the books the magisterium isn't descending on them as they're also trying to like get to the bridge and all that kind of stuff so it's kind of they did a good job amping up the pressure in some places but Mm. in others i wanted a little bit more like heart i always want that. yeah i always want them to make me cry (laughs) yeah i i'm just gonna jump straight to roger because so the bit where like he's in the cage is horrendous. And mm-hmm. I was so upset about that. I was mm-hmm. like, this is fucking horrible. But I liked it because that's what the scene needed. So it was awful and emotional in a good way. Like that's what you want from it. But when he actually died, I thought that they could have done that a little bit better because uh, Azriel's Azrael's like really trying to get the blade down and then like Lyra's climbing up trying to save him. Yeah. And then the blade comes down and you see I always forget Roger Stevenson. Cecilia. Celia I think you see her disappear and yeah. then Lyra like the kind of explosion of energy thing yeah. explodes and then she falls and then that's it for a little bit and I wanted the shot to be on Roger when he died and not on uh, and Lyra getting blown away yeah yeah. the one thing I did really like about that was as the blade comes down was Roger and Cecilia were getting prep, like pressing themselves closer and closer to the floor to try yeah. and like maintain that link and like that was really heartbreaking. That was like the, yeah. that that link like getting crushed and crushed and shrinking, and you could kind of see that. And that was really good for me because it plays out so differently in the books. Mm. I kind of miss that moment of like joyful hope of thinking they've escaped. In the books, yeah. they get in a bit of a scuffle. Lyra grabs Roger, and they think they're getting away, and they tumble down a snowdrift. But Maria grabs Cecilia, and the link is severed between Roger and Cecilia by the distance between them as they as Lyra and Roger tumble down the hill and the shock kills him. And that's like so heartbreaking because Lyra thinks she's done the right thing, she thinks she's gotten away. And then literally her physically dragging her friend down the hill is what kills him. Yeah. And like that's heartbreaking. She would blame herself so much more heavily for that and mm-hmm. for his death in that situation than I think she will in the situation that's, that's happened as it is now because Literally, the only person she can blame is Azrael. It's yeah. his fault. He's a prig. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what that reminds me yeah. of? And it's not Harry Potter. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> it's actually Spider Man. It's oh. a Spider Man comic. <laughs> I can't remember, I'm sure people will tell us, there's some kind of altercation going on with one of the bad guys in Spider-Man. I can't remember which villain it is. Mm -hmm. But it's when Gwen Stacy dies and it's, uh, so that's Spider-Man's girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And she falls from a really high place. I can't remember where she falls from. Did they do it in one of the new films? They did. It was the Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone one. And she falls from something and to save her, he like weds her to like grab her and stop her from falling. But it's the the web catches her and snaps her back because of the impact of of her like the web tightening and her being like I suppose like pulled upwards a little bit mm. snaps her back and she dies. It's actually quite brutal because like in the comics there's like little panels of her just like hanging there dead and stuff. And obviously, it's Spider Man, this is in Equus' fault because he was the one yeah. that tried to save her. If he like that. hadn't have webbed her, she would have died because she'd have hit the floor. But yeah, he, he it was physically the web that killed her. Yeah, yeah. And it reminds me of that. Yeah. and I think as well that that would have been more impactful. I wonder why they didn't do that. I wonder if it was time constraints or if they just wanted to I suppose neaten up the story a little bit. I guess it helps keep Lyra as quite a pure protagonist to have her not physically at fault for anybody's death at this point but also that's kind of what's so nice about Lyra is that she's not a very clean protagonist. She is like kind of like a quite selfish and quite And yeah. it's one of the main things that pushes lyra to go and, and find roger in the rest, of the, books, the rest of the books she'll still have the need to go and try and rescue him from wherever he might be but the fact that in the books it's there's a little bit of guilt added in there too yeah. makes it all that more of a like she'll still blame herself for yeah. taking roger to asriel because yeah. she's literally led him by the hand to his demise which i think is that's fine like it the guilt will still be there for that but i also think there was yeah that guilt of physically being a person that like pulled him apart from his demon. Yeah, it's like heart wrenching. It was well, it was definitely sad in the in the TV app, though, when they were like screaming for each other. Oh, definitely. Like, I was like, this is. And I'm team. glad we still got that moment of her hugging him. Yeah. yeah, and before she has to go through the door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do actually see Lyra pick up Punk for once as well. Yeah, first time in bloody ages. Yeah. Which is. I just thought to myself, "Oh, Pan looks so cute. His little head sticking up through her hands, like oh, yeah, little gloves. Yeah, <laughs> it's cute. There's been some good Pan moments this episode, and also they've done a good job of explaining why you can't see Pan. They didn't do such a good, good job with explaining why Estelle Maria just isn't there for yeah. like basically the first half of the episode." And like the whole time Azriel's talking about the link between humans and demons, his demon is just nowhere to be seen. <laughs> I, I mean, it costs a lot to animate a snow. Yeah. Leopard. I think you see <laughs> her in the first shot when they're looking out the window at the like mountain and stuff. Yeah. Because I wrote a note that said Star Maria's whiskers because her whiskers looked really good. Mm. Uh, but then she's absent until yeah. they're up on the top of the mountain. Yeah. Also she comes off as really sinister because it feels like she's Proper egg in Asriel yeah. on to take Roger. Yeah. In a way that's like, I don't know, it's more. So, I never kind of viewed maria as being as divisive as Asriel, but obviously they're the same person, so it makes sense that she is. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. Oh, there's no Lynn. No Lynn. I i saw in the credits that his name wasn't there cause it said Anne James McAvoy instead of Anne Lynn Manuel Miranda, and I was like, no Lynn. I'm like, it makes sense. I mean, James has got to earn his paycheck somehow. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that bloody time. Yeah. And you did straight for me off. I enjoyed that he writes on his windows like a real scientist. <laughs> it feels like a really, like, they do it in, oh, is it Apollo 13? It's in some, like, laser sci-fi films. It'll be, like, the mad, sci- like, the crazy genius mad scientist guy. Like, he writes on the windows because yeah. he ran out of space on the blackboard. <laughs> like, it's a proper thing, and I, I enjoy that. And then I enjoy that he did a little outline around his favourite mountain. Yeah. Thank <laughs> okay. you. Uh, that whole conversation between Azrael and Lyra, there were some gems in there. Like, she said something about being proud of him. And he's like, why would you be proud of me? I'm like, stop fishing for fucking compliments, Azrael. Like, oh, my God. But what, me? Why would you be proud of me? It's also, like, like, another sick burn when she's like, what kind of father are you? And he's like, I never called myself a father. Yeah. Bow. Pew and he tells her off for crying says yeah. that it's weak i'm like no it's not Mm-mm. yeah she slams him regarding her name so delivers another sick burn because she's like i'm live with silver tongue now and he's like do you not want my name and she's like i want she says something like i want a name from somebody who loves me yeah so like, i was given this name by someone who loves me not some shitty man that abandoned me in a university 12 years ago 11 years ago mrs coulter and the monkey have, like, a weird gurning moment. Yeah. Which I didn't really She's get. She's working through something with a face. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where, like, okay, sure, like, we're seeing this, like we said last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we're seeing this emotional portrayal of Mrs. Coulter, which is good and we like it. But that bit in particular for me... Didn't I, do it, anything. Yeah, I felt like it kind of needed a bit of an explanation as to what, why she was doing that. I felt like maybe there was, a like, a little bit after it that was cut, they kept the intense look because it looked cool. And then there was like maybe a conversation that we missed that went just before or just after it or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, it felt a little bit out of context unless it was just to have her looking intense, which she does consistently look intense and amazing throughout all of her appearances in this. She does. It's pretty great. When she's talking to... Oh, I forget Is it Father MacPhail? I don't know. The priesty guy or the, the, the guy, Alethiometer guy? The guy that... Is always a guy that she like has an altercation with. Yeah. I think that's Father McMahon. Okay. And she says to him, I'm the best weapon you've ever had. Yeah. Like, Yeah. And she's also talking to him about sin and getting really close to his face and being like, I don't what's your sin? Is it lust? And I'm like, mine's lust. <laughs> and he's like, Is, it, is it greed? And he's <laughs> like, I know, it's envy. He's like, You're envious of me and Azreel and it's like, <sighs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Envious, <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done, Ruth Wilson. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that. And I enjoy her consistently using her power, using her. Just like she knows how to hold a moment and how mm. to hold someone's attention. And that's a beautiful. Yeah. Uh, back to Asriel. He doesn't give a shit if Lyra has a toothbrush, <laughs> which I thought was very rude. But Thorold does care. Oh, Blessed. him. Yeah. He's got some good moments in He's this like, episode. I'm, I'm, how... What are we going to do with children We've that toothbrush and all this shit? And then Azrael's like, I don't care. I'm like, you should care. I don't yes. care if there's a war, real. People still need their teeth and to look after their teeth. Yeah, it's proper. They, they really go hard on him being a dickhead in this yes. episode, which I'm yeah. damn it. He is. He is. Yeah, I had a little chat with Johnny afterwards because mm. he obviously watched it without me this time. And so I was like texting him. And he was saying, he was like, I wish all of that Myra and Roger friendship building had happened throughout the season because it felt like half the episode was being like look how close lyra and roger are look yeah. how great friends they are how fucking cute is roger just so that it hurt more when they killed him at the end yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah. yeah they were they were absolutely like humming up that relationship in the first half of the episode and like everybody who knew what was going to happen when watching it were probably like oh yeah but um, if you had never met roger before this episode my dad was like, why is he special? What's he got going on? Mm. Like, who's, who's Roger's parents? Are we going to find out that he's special in some way? And it, kind of, it was kind of just like, no, he's just a little boy, but he's been really heavily featured in this episode because they're going to kill him off at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. oh God. Uh, when he walks backwards into the uh, bathroom. Oh, God, this demon walks backwards, and it's so fucking cute. It's so cute. And Boreal is sad about Thomas. Finds yeah. Thomas on the floor in the house. Yeah. He seems quite sad about it. I thought for a second he was going to like whip out a gun and shoot Moustache Man. Yeah. Because he was so angry and throughout this entire episode the lighting has been really intense. Mm. It's like whenever they're In the north, it feels like really slow disco lights because, like, obviously the aurora is changing colour and everyone's faces are just slowly being illuminated from, like, green to blue to white. (laughs) And it's just, every so often you catch yourself and you're like, why is everything blue? And then it'll change and you're like, oh, it's the aurora. And then, like, it felt like they were trying to compensate for that in Oxford by being like, here's some really intense shadow for Boreal to stand in to catch the perfect shape of his perfect face (laughs) as he stands intensely looking out of a window. And it was, like, it was a lot. But I did enjoy it, so... (laughs) Yeah, and Mustache Man slash Brendan from Hollywood, being a policeman.
1: Like, a rogue
0: policeman. Or is he just pretending to be a policeman? I have literally no idea. And I'm trying to remember if it's a thing in the books. Yeah, I guess we'll get there, but I do not know. Because he's either, like, an actual rogue policeman, or he has the equipment in his car to pretend to be a policeman. He looks proper nervous about it, which, again... It could work for either, because if he's a rogue policeman and this is one of his first big betrayals of the police service, then you could see that nervousness. But then also if he's not a policeman and he's radioing into a police thing pretending, then that would explain the nervousness. That's true. I don't know. I do think that Will's features throughout the episode or throughout the series... Could have been condensed into like the last few episodes rather than throughout the entire thing yeah. because we still didn't get to find out what happened with the letters and Will on the run didn't feel as high tension as it could have been. Yeah, I totally understand mm. why people would like could say I don't give a shit about Will's storyline yeah. because it's a, it's a slow burn. Yeah, we've ended the first series now and there's still no answers. Yeah, so it just seems okay. Yeah, they're building it up and I suppose we the bit of information that we got was about the knife and that it'll be important to Will in some way and I'm just like jumping back and forth but I have to note about fucking Roger and Lyra and their little little dead. and then like fucking Azrael, just like trying to creep in i was like you fucking creepy fuck i couldn't work out who he was gonna talk to when he like snuck in it's really Uh, awkward as well because he like lifts up the sheet and he like shuffles his head in and i'm like like, oh oh, fucking hell hello (laughs) (laughs) he could have just shouted from outside of it it's only a fucking blanket. He yeah. could have just been like, Lyra, can you come here for a second? But no, It could instead. have been really good and sinister as well. Like, if he'd have had a lantern and his, like, silhouette had been illuminated yeah. on the sheet, and it would have been, like, do it like, very Nosferatu creepy, and then be like, yeah. Lyra. <laughs> But his daddy decided to just awkwardly shove himself into this den that the kids had made. <laughs> it's so creepy. I think it's because they were trying to, like, be like, oh, is he about to take Roger? Yeah. Or is he... Um, is he come to talk to Lyra and then obviously he talks to Lyra. Oh, creepy macabre. Oh, cre- <laughs> creepy macabre and creaky house. And um, there's a bit as well uh, where Azrael and Lyra are talking about uh, demons and dust and what dust yeah. is, and Azrael relates it to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember if that was a thing in the books because obviously they're using their Bible, is different to yeah. our world's Bible because they have demons in it. Yeah, but I can't. I mean, classic me. I can't remember if that's a thing or not. Um, I think it is. I think there is some very clear reference to like biblical religious texts. that is Pullman's very obviously like pulled a quote from the Bible and been like, "How does this? How can this be altered to fit my world, my vision of the authority, which yeah. we heard about for the first time this episode, yeah. and the magisterium?" And um, I like that. And that like, "And your demons shall settle in their form and all that kind of stuff." Yeah. is nice. I like it. They were saying that if this is right that the consequence of Eve eating the apple was that your demons will settle and that dust will affect you right. and you and you shall know good and evil because Lima says good and evil and Azrael says good and dust yeah. and that's how dust has been equated with evil potentially sure. through that like Bible passage Yeah. so what I see it as is and a lot of people do take this reading of the Bible as well because it's, it's like Eve eats the apple and then Adam and Eve realise they're naked they like start to look yeah. at the world and it's all to do with curiosity like Eve ate the apple because of curiosity okay. and it's kind of this thing that I think Pullman talks about a lot of like um organised religion kind of telling you to just believe what you're told and stop yeah. there don't be curious Yeah, don't go and explore the world like don't just do what you're told and do what the Bible says because we've all we've done all your thinking for you Mm. and like it's like and you shall know good and dust and dust and the the whole thing of like the kids that had their demons cut away just had no interaction with the world like they were existing but there was no spark in them there was no like drive in them to learn anything to like see anything or interact with the world and that like Maybe that Evie in the apple is, like, dust coming into her life. It's, like, like suddenly they're, like, aware of their surroundings. Yeah. They're aware of what's going on. Their demons settle. Like, they have a relationship with dust now. The church thinks dust is bad. But yeah. Yeah. We don't know. I love it. Sorry, that was my, my <laughs> ramble, my run. I'm sorry. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I have a note that just says, Pam's little paws padding around. You can hear him walking. It's really cute. And every time he's standing up on his hind legs, his little, like... <laughs> he's got like little T Rex arms. I know that that's probably how. Is it? Is he an airman when he's doing that? An ermin? Yeah. He's like holding his little arms. Oh God, they look so cute, just flopping down. Oh, God, oh, little T Rex arms. I uh, have as well. Azriel says to Lyra that she's the product of something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, she is. I mean, anything that comes out of uh, Missus C and Azriel's would will be extraordinary. Exactly. Is an extraordinary. <laughs> and on those two, the relationship that they had, I'm glad we get to see a bit of it when Mrs. Coulter finds Azrael at the end. Mm-hmm. So much sexual tension! Oh my yeah. god, that's the first time we've seen them together. Yeah, um, and I really like that. It. It's obviously it's in the finale. It's in the last few minutes, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. It helps to add to Mrs. Coulter's character again because Azrael asks her to come with him and she does think about it mm. for a little sec and then she's driving like, mm-hmm. I liked it and I didn't like it because the general image of her being like, I could be ambitious but I want to be a mother first. Yeah. Was a little bit like, Oh, the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> but absolutely. also I do think there's something to be said for like that mother's drive to like protect their child, to be with their child and also I think she knows more about lyra than potentially asriel does yeah because she asked the alethiometer yes, about true. lyra so i wonder if she knows her interest in lyra isn't just a mother's love and she knows more about what lyra will become and that's why she's choosing to stay but obviously she'd never say that to asriel yeah. because she doesn't want to and yeah. again it highlights how much of an absolute dickhead asriel is and oh, yeah. she's like i want to stay in because I love my child, and he's like, mm, whatever. Yeah, he's proper <laughs> just like, oh, really? Well, for that thing, yeah, fine. Oh, you give a shit about that? Yeah. And then they get are, her a bloody toothbrush <laughs> <laughs> they have like a kissy moment and then she's like I'm not coming by and like she walks off and he's just like shrugs is like when oh, okay, they're bye. having their little kissy moment the monkey's like petting oh, the yeah. snow leopard the demons have a little snuggle yeah. that's cute but yeah he just doesn't give a shit when she's leaving he does like this really strange face where he just kind of it, like I almost imagine it as being like just a little shrug and he's just like care okay, bye like yeah. just not bothered at all I like i also I just I found it really funny like them having their like really intimate moment and stuff but they're both wearing so many winter woollies like she's got that amazing coat and he's just like here's my hiking backpack and my woolly hat and my (laughs) like all my massive gloves and my ice pick and all this stuff it's just yeah yeah it's fun I liked the despite the cause of the portal and the window happening and it being really heartbreaking when Roger died and then the window happened Mm. I really really enjoyed the way that it was like a kind of almost like a beam of light suddenly appearing. Yeah. And like, it looks like a tear or like a curtain that's just been opened at the very bottom. Yeah. And also, it made me think of, at the end of Avatar Legend of Korra, which I highly recommend you watch because it gets really gay at the end. <laughs> um, they have these like spirit portals that Korra has to close. And it's very much like a beam of light that just extends into the sky and that's how you get into the spirit world. Right. And so it really made me think of that or oh, that really lovely thing. Yeah. I I did like the way that it looked. I liked the way the whole episode looked in that, like, on the mountain and the northern lights and things that. I thought it looked really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Yorick Because I had a little moment when they said their little goodbyes. And it's just, his love for Lyra is so pure and I love it so much. Like, he would just do anything for her and it's just so sweet. The other thing that I thought was, like, when they were having their little goodbye and, like, although that was really sweet and nice and emotional, I was like, get a fucking jog on Lyra. Like, Asriel's got Roger and you're here, like, fucking having a conversation with Yorick. Run! And also, you know it's going to take you ages to get over that bridge because it's tiny and slippery. Yeah. And also, yeah. do you not think that Yorick would have been able to jump that jump that gap because it wasn't the biggest gap? Oh, I don't know. And we've seen the bears like jump and stuff before. Also, there was a the bit where the bears come and help, and one of them gets killed and like falls through like I can't like a snowy drift bit, and he yeah. like lands on his back, and it's all like horrible. I was like, the bears? No, not the bears. I I find it really funny that. Um, it's like, oh, Yorick's in charge now, so all the bears will have armour that matches yeah. Yorick's. Don't all the bears make their own armour? I guess, again, it's probably a lot more effort to animate different sets yeah. and styles of armour. So I understand the decision. Yeah, when they're all, like, running with Yorick and it's just, like, a sea of wiggly bear buns, like, oh. prancing through the snow. It's really cute. And all yeah. these bears that just do whatever they fucking, like, king tells them without question. They're just yeah. like, yeah, I'll dress like you know. It's like, I very much... I very much doubt Yorick said to them, you all have to dress something. They've just gone, ooh, new uniform. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Excellent. I'm like, also, bears. Yeah. maybe Also, sing- bears with <laughs> rocket launchers, basically. <laughs> or, like, fire hurlers or whatever. Because okay. there was one, like, running along and he definitely had, like, a little cylinder on his oh, back for yes. fire hurling. <laughs> and yeah, the magisterium approaching. So that introduction of having the bears fighting the magisterium and Yorick having, having to, like, get out of that fire fight yeah. happening in order to get to the bridge to save Roger was like a nice addition to add some tension and more of like a season finale kind of atmosphere to it. Because mm. um, I'm pretty sure in the books that doesn't happen. I cannot remember. I keep seeing... A lot of people are tweeting the last line in the Northern Lights book, which I was looking at last night. And I don't know why. I have a, th- I have a thing when I finish a book that it makes me emotional anyway, especially if it's a shit book, then maybe not. But if, like if it's a book that I've enjoyed reading, no matter how it ends, I always get a bit emotional. And I saw this line again. A lot of people have been tweeting it. And um, it says, So Lyra and her demon turned away from the world they were born in and walked into the sky. (laughs) And I think like (laughs) that basically is obviously what happened in the episode. And I thought the way how it looked when she walked through looked really good. Like they're just Mm. like white the entire whiteness of it reminded me of christmas at kew gardens when they do like light tunnels and stuff <laughs> but yes <laughs> and also obviously with pandas yeah. i liked I that the look of the different windows was different mm-hmm. and that because obviously the one that will slipping through is spoilers one that's probably been cut by the knife. Yeah. So it's a nice subtle thin window that's just a shimmer in the world. Yeah. Whereas Azriel has literally torn a hole in yeah. the world with the like horrendous machine that he's made to kill Roger. <laughs> um but he's yeah, he's torn a hole, which is why I think Lyra's is so many more fibres and strands for her to like have to walk through this tunnel that's been torn through as opposed yeah. to like cut really subtly. Yeah. Wing, <laughs> <laughs> wing, nudge, nudge. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I like. Also, I really, really enjoy when Asriel is attempting to like seduce Mrs. Coulter and he's talking about like feel the warmth on your face. That's the warmth of the sun from a different world. Yeah. Which I love the idea that like standing in front of that of the window is you are getting the warmth. Like yeah. it's freezing everywhere else, but you're getting that shaft of sunlight from yeah. the world through, which is like oh, so cool. Yeah, but that whole uh conversation I, I just really liked. I think just because you get to see them together. And mm-hmm. there's kind of been a build-up for that, knowing that they're obviously Lyra's parents, but we haven't seen them interact yet. I think everyone was kind of waiting for that moment. And I don't think it disappointed, because James McAvoy and Ruth Wilson are both incredible actors, and they've been incredible throughout. I know we've not seen James McAvoy as much, but he has been really good. Yes, he has. He's been really good. And I think, yeah, there's been a build-up to be like, she finds out that... Asriel's as a dad, and then she finds out that Colt is a mom, yeah. and then you're like, well, I obviously want to see these two characters that have been so built up like interacting mm-hmm. together. I want to see that chemistry, the, that that sexual tension, and it was the hell yeah, it was. <laughs> oh god, I'm just looking at my notes, and I hate to go back to Roger's death, but when Pan's looking for Roger's demon, okay, she's gone. Is is she gone. Oh god. Obviously in the books it's the distance that kills him and the shock of having her like torn yeah. away suddenly of like by the tearing the distance, whereas like using the machine, I think it was good that they made it so hard for Azrael to make the cut and yeah. that it was just the wire cages and it looked so different from the yeah. banger machine. Because my question I message Rich saying, How come the machines in banger the demon and the child survived at the point that we were at anyway obviously they've been tested loads of tests mm. before where we assumed that children had died and um but obviously Azriel's machine just killed them straight away and i messaged her it saying why and she had a, a good answer yeah yeah i figured it was just because he doesn't give a shit about keeping the child alive so he's got the most rudimentary equipment that he can physically get yeah. up that hill <sighs> Because, yeah, all he cares about is the energy that's released, which, obviously, Coulter's machine, there's all these doors that need closing, and it's all, like, so high-tech, and yeah. there's, like, the barrier and stuff, is because, obviously, the energy that's released is, for them, it's just a byproduct that they're trying to, yeah. like, subdue and stop from affecting their stuff, whereas mm. Asriel's like, that's a power I can harness, which I really love the difference between Azriel's looking for power that he can harness, Coulter's looking for people she can control and yeah. change. yeah. And I love that in the different ways that they wield their power and the way that they seek power. It's yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That's a power couple right there. Yeah. So we knew this anyway, but they, the lovely uh, BBC um, announcer mm-hmm. at the end said that it's coming back next year. We knew yeah. that it was coming back, I suppose. We didn't know that it was going to be next year, but that would make sense. I wonder if it'll be. This time, the same time next year, I wonder if they'll bring it forward at all because it has been filmed, we know that. Yeah. I don't know how long their post production takes, I imagine a long time because of all the special effects. Yeah, I'm hoping that so if it's coming back next year, it means they've got a full year to do post production, and it also means that if this season was successful, they can afford to do more post production, which hopefully means more demons on screen. Yes. I want more demons. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. fair. Uh, we haven't really talked a ton about Will yeah. in terms of just to like mirror Lyra's moment of walking through the window. I am glad we got the cat. Yes, yeah. it would have been hard to do without the cat. Yeah, it's like how would they have shown him finding it without the cat? Yeah, but also, is that the same window that, or the same place where the window that Boreal goes through is? I assume so, because I don't think there is too... because Will's not stepping over into Lyra's world and Boreal is oh that's true so is it just that there's multiple windows in that one location or is it somewhere completely different it just looks similar he was on a bus wasn't he yeah so I don't know if that means that he's gone a lot further from where that first uh, cut is well that's a good point I just assumed it was the same one yeah obviously it's not because we've got to go to yeah yeah that's interesting yeah i think the reason i haven't really mentioned will a lot in this episode is because it was a bit meh (laughs) yeah i wasn't like massively compelled Will's story doesn't start until really doesn't start until he goes through the cut anyway like the stuff that we get before is obviously important backstory to how will progresses Mm -hmm. as the books go along but they've dragged out his quite small-ish backstory for like an entire series yeah which is why when you start reading the soul knife it's maybe like the first two or three chapters? I think it's like one chapter yeah. of that. I think literally like the first chapter is the cat and the hornbeam trees. I could be wrong though. I should look up the chapter list. Yeah, I think it's it's all dealt with quite quickly. Um, So it is weird to have it dragged out. It's nice to get some of the backstory and more info on John Parry. Yeah. And have the pre-establishment of Boreal existing in that world, and being Charles Latrim mm-hmm. um, in that world, but also it wasn't necessary, I think, to have it as long. Yeah. I did think Will on the run was kind of interesting, but not enough to have as much screen time as it had, and I think the reason they bumped up the screen time was just for the impact of that final moment when they both walked through. Yeah. What I did enjoy a little tiny bit from Will is when he was just sat refreshing BBC news yeah <laughs> so he was obviously yeah. waiting for a story to come up about the about thomas yeah being dead because he obviously harbors a lot of guilt for in air quotes, killing him even mm-hmm. though it wasn't really his fault um i i don't know why i liked that bit it's something that you don't really see a lot on tv and it's very 2019 isn't yeah. it to be like refreshing a web page on your phone and yeah i've just never seen it before but yeah it's very 2019 it's very um it's 100% What we do when there Mm -hmm. is, um, because especially living in London, like it is, there are incidents quite often through London. So, you know, when stuff happened on London Bridge recently, Mm -hmm. there was literally a stabbing in my blackout flats recently. Um, You do, the immediate reaction is you check Twitter and you check BBC News and you check the BBC News Twitter and you look at like local news in, in the area and stuff. And like you almost do that before you go and ask someone. Like, what's going on? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, Obviously, Will can't ask someone because he's on the burn. But, yeah, I I like that approach, that very 2019 approach. (laughs) Same. Yeah. We should really talk about, because it's the last episode, what we thought of the whole thing, the whole shebang. Yeah. The whole shebang. I did like it a lot. There were definitely some episodes that really stood out. It's been amazing. And there were some that I wasn't as fussed about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wonder if it could have been paced a little bit better so like the episodes that we have really enjoyed whether they could have filtered that through to other episodes rather than containing it all in like one episode and then having I don't think there were any filler episodes but there were definitely episodes that were a bit more heavy on the magisterium aspect of things yeah. which is something that personally I'm not as interested in I feel like they had to have more magisterium potentially in this season With it being a TV show, they kind of needed to pre-establish the Magisterium as the government that we want to rebel against kind of vibe. The big bad. Yeah, the big bad. Um, They needed to pre-establish that, I think, in this season. Because otherwise, you don't hear a whole ton about them in the first book. Because I don't think Lyra's is aware of them. Yeah. And as more characters get introduced and we start to follow the older characters more, that's when the Magisterium becomes more prevalent. Yeah. I do think it was necessary, but also I get that it's not the most interesting parts. I think it'll get interest more interesting in the next series because it's been established now. Yeah. A lot of it was establishing it because it is it is a difficult thing to understand, the Magisterium. I found it tough when I read the books. And even now when we're rereading them for the podcast, I still have to go back yeah. and think about it and reread it. So it's quite a difficult thing. It can be a difficult thing to grasp. So I do understand that. But then that means, like I said, hopefully in the the second series we won't have to do as much as that. Yes. So it'll just be there and we know that it's a threat. I'm trying to think how I feel about this season as a whole because I have read the books quite a few times and then I watched the film and the film was so disappointing and then it's interesting to weigh that up against now how I feel about this first season as a whole Mm -hmm. because they've done some stuff so well and they've had stuff, they've done hits some nails on the head, like Mrs. Coulter for me. Yeah. Infinitely better. She's so compelling. That's what I want from Mrs. Coulter. Yeah. Lyra is different to how I imagine her from reading the books, but I do think better than how I think I felt about her in the film. Mm-hmm. And then I I'm too I make too many comparisons and I also think Doing what we're doing now by like dissecting it each week, I'd be interested to see how I felt about the series if I just binged it through on my own without thinking about talking about it on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that would maybe change it as, again because I perhaps making more comparisons to the book because I'm thinking have... about it for the podcast than I would yeah. otherwise. Just really interesting. That is interesting. As a... I've been thinking a lot about how I feel about Lyra, and I do agree with you to mm-hmm. a certain extent. I don't think she's as scrappy as I wanted her to be. Yeah. I think in this last episode, with her like talking about Tarzreal, I felt it a little bit more, but I feel like it, it could have been elevated a little bit. I want more of that sass like, yeah. back from the off, I think. Her and Lee have a good like back and forth, and I yeah. think that, that's the level of like sass that you want from her with everyone. I think that the little kid that played Roger was really great. Yeah. Oh, I oh Raj! Yeah, he he almost had more sass than Lyra. Yeah, and from the books, he's supposed to be so like follow her around like a puppy dog almost. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, we almost get more of that. Like, yeah, he's got he's kind of got more sass. She's got the bravery, but he's got he's got the sass, the sense of humor. He's kind of got yeah. more of that underdog feeling than mm-hmm. Lyra, which I think is great because obviously it is ende- is more heavily to Roger because he's it's, it's it's got to hurt when he leaves. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that Lee, Yorick and Mrs. Coulter were perfect. Mm-hmm. I know that people are divided about Lynn, my mum playing Lee, but I will fight that. I will die on that yeah. hill. I loved him as Lee. I think he's an interpretation I can get on board with. And I like that it's different enough from how I pictured him that I just have to go, oh, it's a different interpretation. Yeah. Whereas like, it's not like they've tried to hit the nails that I want hit on the head on the head and missed, yeah. they've just they hit a completely different nail. Yeah. so, Ooh, so allergies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of, it's so far from what you thought he would be that it's actually almost better than almost getting it right. Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a whole other scores being in my head that I will probably still picture when I read the books yeah. which I'm fine with because if it was close but not quite right and I reread the books and pictured the close but not quite right character when I'm reading it I'd yeah. be really annoyed yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I in general I'm quite like I'm quite pleased with how how it's kind of come out as like as a reader of the books as someone that didn't enjoy the film I think they've done a really good job and mm-hmm. I also think I would love to see the version of the series that could have existed if it had aired at 9 p.m every day yeah, I think that's the other thing that I was going to mention, is that I wish it was a bit gorier, a bit more, a bit more grown, up. grown up. Yeah, and I think that I've never seen the film, mm-hmm. from what I've heard. It's obviously a lot better in that aspect than the film was. And I think that it's not particularly yeah. being aimed at children this time around, because they've obviously, it was on 8pm BBC One. It's not a kid's show, otherwise it would have been on earlier Mm or like in the kids after school shit which I don't know if that's still a thing so like when we were growing up in the UK it would have been CBBC and CI TV yeah and I don't know if they still do that anymore so like you'd get home from school and like turn on the TV and there would be like maybe a two-hour window where it was just like kids stuff yeah where you'd watch cool things like My Parents Are Aliens. Yes. Um, I used to watch a lot of Pokemon. Oh my god, so much Pokemon. That was more of like an early in the morning on a Saturday. I oh, that was like. Saturday. It was like thing. SMTV Live. Oh, SM So good. TV Live on the deck, yeah. And used to watch Tracy Beaker. Oh, Tracy Beaker. So much Tracy Beaker. Yeah. Things like Round the Twist and The Queen's, Queen's nose. nose. Yeah. Queen's Nose, yeah. Wh- um, Worst Witch. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh. classic young Dracula, which was like I was definitely too old to be watching. It, I missed out on that. I that, one, that. Like, I was so like, yeah, that, I was a bit too old for that. I think. But I used to love that, but so they have not put it on anything like that. So obviously, it's meant for adults. Mm-hmm. So I would have liked for them to just push it that bit further and yeah, push it back till nine. It's right? kind of sitting somewhere between Doctor Who, which is like for grown ups and kids, yeah. so it's on at like seven p.m. usually, and Game of Thrones, which is like. 10pm, mm-hmm. or like, is it like 9 or 10 o'clock, I don't, I've never watched it live yeah. but, um, so it's kind of sitting somewhere between those two realms, because obviously Game of Thrones has all the sex and the gore and everything, mm-hmm. and like Doctor Who is like, clean enough that you can get a little bit scary, Yeah. you might want to hide behind the sofa, but it's not gonna like yeah traumatise your children I have a so, question for American listeners mm-hmm. do, so we have a thing called Watershed, which is, you can't uh anything that has, like, swearing or sex or anything that's deemed as, like, adult content before 9pm. Is that a thing in the US? Mm. Obviously, they're not going to air sex on TV at, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But I wonder if they have, like, do you guys have a specific time? Or does it depend on what channel you're watching? Mm. I would like to know. So please let us know. Yeah. Yeah, tell us what time you watch it, American Views. I mean, yeah. I could Google it, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> we want you yeah. to talk to us. With regards to not having the gore that I wanted, that was a thing that I failed to mention last episode, was that, like, I feel like it's one of the only things the film did potentially better, is I feel like they showed us Yorick Burnison cutting out and eating the heart of... Yeah. You have arachnasin. Oh my god, that to me so long together. <laughs> so I was kind of like, okay, I get it. You probably don't have the budget for it, and it's before the watershed. Mm-hmm. So you probably can't show a bear cutting out another bear's heart and eating it and like disemboweling him and all that kind of stuff that's like described so well in the books. Yeah. And I liked that they cheekily did it by like having lyra's reaction to to it with her facing away and you get her facial reaction and it's like it's obviously happening immediately behind her head yeah but also i was like i want to see i want to see it yeah i I love course i would have loved to have seen that it's interesting though isn't it the difference between being able to show something visually Mm -hmm. and then allowing children to read about it because these books are not necessarily children but they're still like young adult novels yeah so you'd be reading them at like maybe like fall 13 but again they're like kids love that shit like no, horrible I, histories like no, no. i loved reading about people getting beheaded yeah when i was a kid and i'd be all about that especially like stories about people getting beheaded and then like their bodies still moving around afterwards yeah. and you'd be like oh so cool yeah but obviously nobody would show you that I feel like showing a child a Saw movie, like, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but if they read it in a book, somehow it's fine. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Maybe it's because it's your own imagination forming it rather than somebody actually That's true. showing it to you. But I just think that my imagination as a kid was quite out there in terms of, like, gore stuff. I probably imagined it worse than it would actually be. Like a work. Tarantino movie. <laughs> Blood everywhere. <laughs> but without the misogyny. Um, oh. Hot t- hot take from Faye <laughs> Faye's hot takes. ooh new segment <laughs> thanks so much for listening we hope you've all had a really nice festive period however you celebrate it, if you celebrate anything we are so happy to do this podcast we've only been going since October and already we've had such a good time and we've spoken to so many different people that thankfully enjoying what we have to say um so we hope that carries on and yeah we've got like plans and stuff for the content that we want to do next year so keep an eye out for that and ear out yeah this is our last episode covering season one of the tv show but we do have some plans in the works for some more bonus episodes to go along with the book episodes that we will be letting you know about in the new year when we've made those plans. Yeah. We've we got, know what we're doing. Yeah. We've got some ideas milling <laughs> yeah. around. We are talking to some people. You're not you know. going to be left wanting between yeah. between seasons of the show, is what we're saying. I remember that time when we made this podcast and we were like, let's do it once every other week so that we're not too stressed about oh, doing Overwhelmed. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then we've literally done. I was looking through the list of episodes. Some weeks we've done two in a week. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking through the list of episodes with Liam and he was like you've done loads and you only started at the end of October and I was like I know and we said that we were only going to do one every other week and now when the, when the TV show ended we were like oh it's fine because then we'll go back to doing one every other week but then we're already like oh what other bonus, bonus episodes to <laughs> like, have a book club. <laughs> yeah. So yes we will be uh, we'll let you all know in the new year uh, well I suppose it is the new year now for you guys not for us recording but we'll let you know in the first few months of 2020 what our plans are and we'll be back on Monday the 13th of January with our discussion of chapter 6 of Northern Lights the Throwing Nets so until then I hope you've had a very pleasant Christmas Hanukkah New Year everything spent time with family friends people that you love and taking care of yourself because it's really important to like check in with yourself absolutely have some time Chill out, yeah. And hopefully you've enjoyed listening to us ramble on for yes. a while. I'm um, listening to my mom in the background. And always, um if you want to email us, it's herdarkmaterialspod at gmail dot com, and we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at hdm pod. And we always say this, but please do email us and tweet us and Instagram us and Facebook us. We bloody love it, even if it's just to say hi. And if you're gonna make a New Year's resolution this year, make it to review us. Give us a little review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, if it lets you do reviews. Yeah. Give us all the stars. Tell everyone we're great. <laughs> but yes, we uh we'll see you on soon. the thirteenth. Yeah, no, on the thirteenth. Bye. bye bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye bye, bye. Bye. Bye.